pushed me. And if I can get my microphone turned on here. What is up, guys? Hello, everybody. Dr. Pinesay here, The Study Doc. And today we're talking about a pivotal moment in my life when I was eight years old, when my dad changed the trajectory of my life, put me on a path to becoming the doctor I became. And it all happened when I was eight years old, guys. It was a, it was a key moment in my life. And with Father's Day just happening yesterday, I wanted to make sure I talked to you guys about that today. So get ready. We're going to talk about that. And then what's awesome is some of my students have shared some wonderful stories about their pivotal people in their lives and getting them to their success. So we're going to talk about it and get to it today. So welcome, guys. Let's get to it. As always, we're here to be positive, to be productive, to help you better students, and to help you get to medical school. So let's go. But stop making excuses. Stop whining. Stop, right? Get at it. No excuses. Just dominate. You see, I had to put my microphone on mute because the children were in here earlier playing around. And so I was trying to record stuff and they were in here playing around. But what is up, everybody? Uh, it's Monday. It's the day after Father's Day. And Father's Day to me is a big holiday, much like Mother's Day is a big holiday. I'm not one for really holiday celebrations, but there are a couple holidays that are very important. My wedding anniversary is coming up. All right. So that's a big holiday. But Father's Day and Mother's Day have always meant a lot to me. Because by every statistical metric, guys, there's no way that I should be a doctor, let alone a Stanford-trained doctor in America, by every major statistic, right? And what got me, right, as a first-generation college student, not when my parents graduated college, what got me as a black male in higher education, getting to medical school, becoming a doctor, what got me as someone who was academically not strong and gotten to become a doctor. What got me through that path started with my parents as my foundation. And I'll shout out both of them, even though this is a message for Father's Day and for all of you guys to talk about the fathers in your lives, is that my mother equally as important as my father. Uh, but today we'll talk about my dad. And my dad is a bigger, darker version of me, if you will. He is hard to miss. He's a big guy. Uh, he's a former NFL football player. And so my dad's story, to, to give you guys a perspective on all this stuff, right? And when I say every statistical me metric, I shouldn't make it uh, to medical school, is that when I first, we'll start the story, we'll start with my grandpa, right? So my dad's dad was Thomas Pinesett, who was a, from the South and was essentially a slave, right? Was a sharecropper in the South, came out West, was a pastor, a preacher out here. Raised my dad, right? Growing up in Los Angeles, in the projects. And my dad was not a strong student by any means. And he struggled academically. But he was fortunate enough to be very good at football. Was able to go to Cal State Fullerton on a football scholarship. Actually was dismissed, was kicked out of Cal State Fullerton because he could not hang academically. Was fortunate enough to get back into school. Um, and then led uh, the Cal State Fullerton uh, Titans to their only ever undefeated football season. And now the football season program has since disbanded. But he did this, went on playing the NFL briefly uh, for a year, and then decided he wanted something more stable because this is old school NFL where you aren't making the money they are today. Uh, but he decided something more stable, so he went into law enforcement. And as a child, my dad worked a lot, guys, a lot. What is up, Carla? What is up, Matt? <sighs> Bethlehem, hello, welcome, All right? Uh, he worked a lot as a kid, right? And I would always see him going to work, going to work, going to work, going to work. And 
at times I was like, man, I wish I could see him more. I wish he wasn't working so much. I wish he wasn't so stressed out. And so one day when I was eight, I was like, dad, don't go to work. Don't go to work. Don't go to work. Don't go to work. Hang out with me. And then I was like, okay, tell you what, I'll take off work. He took off his uniform and said, we're going to hang out today. But listen, get ready. We're in the car and we're doing something very special today. And we got in the car and we drove for a long, long time. And we lived in Orange County at the time. You guys know Orange County. It is not that diverse, predominantly white. I'd say middle class, upper class America in California. And we drove from Orange County. I didn't know where we were going. Drove, we drove, we drove. We pulled up in front of this place that was, as an adult, I can say dilapidated, right? As a kid, I was like, ooh, this building's just not nice, right? It didn't look uh, pleasant from the outside. And I saw a lot of people hanging out right in front that didn't look like they were, you know, it didn't look like my normal environment. And so I was in the car and my dad was like, okay, we're going to get out. And I was like, oh, gosh, we really want to get out here? And I was like, it'll be fine. Get out. Uh, I want to show you where I grew up. And where he had taken me is the Ujima Village Projects. And if you guys are familiar, I want you to feel what the projects are, right? Projects are government subsidized housing, right? So it's extremely poverty stricken, low income people. They're not very well maintained. And because of that, right, it's just not like the best environment. And so we went to the Jima Village Projects where my dad grew up. Keep in mind, this time my dad was right in his 30s and we went knocking door to door different units. And we went to these units, we would knock. And his childhood friends were there and they're like, oh my gosh, Andre Pine said, oh my gosh. And we would come inside and we would just talk about what's going on in their lives and what's going on. And it was crazy to see, because again, this was in the projects. This is, my dad's an adult, 30 something years old, yet all of his childhood friends still live there. We're talking to all these people, talking to these people. At the end of the day, it's like four or five hours there. We get back in the car and we're in the car. My dad said, so what do you think of that? And I was like, what do I think of that? Like, not great. And he goes, you know, I grew up here in the projects and I was fortunate enough to get out of the projects. But most of my friends, you see, they're still living there in the same unit that their parents lived in. They didn't escape the projects, as people say. And you say that I work a lot, son, but the reason I work a lot is so that way you don't have to grow up in a place like this. He goes, your father is a sharecropper came out west, couldn't really read, comes to me, my generation. I struggled in academics. I got kicked out of college. I never graduated. He said, you're young, but you're smart. And you have your whole life in front of you. And I want you to know that every single generation has a responsibility to be better than the previous generation. And with your smarts, you can be a doctor. You're going to be a doctor. And he told me this in the car and he said, and he, and he saw like kind of look at my face, I'm going to be a doctor, right? And he was like, you have two choices in life, son. You can work hard now and you can become a doctor and set your life up differently, set your kid's life up differently. Or you can be like me and not apply yourself in school, not pay attention in school, not get the skills you need to survive and, and thrive in higher education. And then you can work hard like me and not be around. It's up to you. And it was a profound moment in my life, guys, at eight years old, that essentially created this pathway, paved this road for me to become a physician. And throughout my life, both my parents would challenge me in this way to see things and to see the future and to have future thinking, right? So I'm not just thinking about today, I'm thinking about how all my actions today shape the future. And so in this moment when I'm eight, what life became for me was projects or doctor. Projects are doctor. 
As simple as that. And so I always stop. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. And throughout my journey, and I think it's it's actually a really poignant message, right? Yesterday was Father's Day, and NASCAR had an event. Had an event. And did you guys see what happened with Bubba Wallace? Anybody see this? So he's the only black NASCAR driver. I thought it was a joke back in, like a couple years ago when, like, yeah, there's going to be a black NASCAR driver. I'm like, a black NASCAR driver? Wow, that's interesting. And this is the only black driver on the NASCAR circuit. And on Father's Day, <laughs> in the middle of our country, essentially in civil unrest and Black Lives Matter protests everywhere, they put a noose, right, in his car garage, right? Because NASCAR had recently banned the Confederate flag, which is ridiculous to ban the Confederate flag, but put a noose in this garage. And his response to them putting a noose in his garage was so perfect, and it encapsulates the black experience in America in general and at any high level when you're trying to achieve in that as a person of color, as a black person trying to achieve, and for me becoming a black doctor, like I said, by every metric, I shouldn't be a doctor. I'm a unicorn. I'm an American, an American black male physician. Doesn't really happen. And Right from parents who never graduated college, who aren't doctors, who don't have that track record, right? Whose grandparents grew up in the deep south as essentially modern day slaves, right? But I made it through all the adversity, whether they be racial hurdles, racial obstacles, or just simply scholastic obstacles, networking obstacles, opportunity obstacles. I had to create opportunities. I had to create the study skills I didn't have. I had to learn how to study all these things. And at every moment in this journey, as some of you guys are experiencing, right, the journey, the journey to medical school is hard, guys. The journey through medical school is hard. The journey through residency, through all these things, to become an attending, it's hard. Demarion, what is up? And what you guys all have to understand is you have to find, and right now it's prime MCAT season, right? It's prime application season. People are trying to find their motivation to keep pushing through what is a difficult time for them. And what I encouraged my students to do this weekend was to take time to think about the people in your lives who have sacrificed, who have worked, so that way you can have opportunities. Think about the people who are counting on you, both that are alive now or that are in the future, that you, that are counting on you to be successful, to create their lives. And understand in those moments that you can be a doctor, you will be a doctor, you can make it, you just gotta push. You gotta keep going and you can't give up. And every single time in my journey when it got hard, when my college counselor told me I wasn't good enough, when I told myself I wasn't good enough, when I was going through all these moments, my dad's voice would pop up, would pop up. No, 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 you can do it, you're smart, you're gonna be a doctor. And it's one of the reasons if not the pivotal reason is that my parents were pillars to lean on throughout my journey. Throughout my journey, I could always call and have them say, you're tripping, you're the best ever, go. And so what I try to provide for students is that same voice of saying, listen, you can do this, right? And I try to give them skills to hear the skills and go and do it. But for all of you guys, I want you to understand the journey for any of us to become a doctor is hard. But for minorities, it's harder because of stuff like this, where, and like I said, Bubba Wallace's response was, this is not going to break me. 
imagine you got enough stuff on your plate trying to survive college, trying to do pre-med. And then on top of that, you got people out here who would love nothing more than to break you, than to take you down a notch, than to see you fail, to confirm, right? And this is what this is all about in NASCAR. If you guys don't watch this, right? This is what it's about in America. This is about the divisiveness in our America right now, is that you have people who are not minorities, who feel like in order to continue to have a fair shake at life or to elevate themselves from the station they currently exist in, they must denigrate, they must continue to hold down to oppress minorities. And when we talk about white superiority, right? We talk about that mindset, that motif, and why we have to say Black Lives Matter and why we have to advocate for opportunities is because there's a large sector of this country who look at minorities as the reason they're not succeeding. And what's sad and unfortunate is that this translates over into education and into the medical field, right? I recently did all those videos talking about racism and discrimination throughout my pre-med pathway and the, the discrimination that students experience through pre-med pathway. And do you know how many messages I got from people saying, oh, you're looking for a handout, you're having a pity party, oh, this is black privilege because you're a doctor and you're saying all this stuff and racism is not real and oh my gosh, if it's so bad, then how come you made it? And, and saying all these things and we don't recognize, we don't realize, right? That's, that's that voice where they want to say, right? People say, oh, well, you took the spot. You're only a doctor because affirmative action. You took the spot of someone who's not a minority who's more qualified, right? It's that affirmative action pitch. That superiority where you feel like if I succeed as a black person and you are not a black person, that I'm somehow taking away from your ability to succeed. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? How many of you guys have, as, as pre-meds and as students have experienced that, where people are like, they treat you like the affirmative action hire or admit, and they act like every success you have is a slight on them, right? You're taking away their opportunity to be successful. And to overcome that, right, to build ourselves up, to have the confidence, the self-esteem, to push through that, to be successful in the face of such adversity, what's required is first, right, that you build up a support system around you of people, hopefully your parents, hopefully your family, who are there to support you. But then if those people won't support you, you got to fortify yourself and believe in yourself and understand, as I always reiterate on this channel, just because you're black, you can't blame your blackness as the reason why you fail. You can't blame the color of your skin for your failure. You can't say, oh, I didn't succeed because I was black. It's not accurate. But what you do have to understand, what you, what, you, what you have to really, really, really comprehend is that success today in 2020 is directly correlated to your will to win, if you will your will to push past the point of anyone else wanting to go there. You, your willingness to put the work in, to succeed, to inform yourself to get there. But if you're willing, if you're willing to put the work in and you enable yourself to put the work in by educating yourself and getting the skills right, you can be successful. Anyone in this country can be successful. Anyone in this country can be successful. And I asked some of my students yesterday to send me some emails about 
experiences about their how their parents have imparted wisdom on them and their family has imparted wisdom on them that pushed them through and got them to the next level. And the reason this whole thing came up was that I was having a discussion with a white physician last week. In the mix of all this Black Lives Matter, and it was interesting because I'm now an attending at the University of California, San Diego, where I do anesthesia. I was previously a resident there. So these people, right, who were attendings, who are now my colleagues, have forever been my supervisors, right, as I went through residency. And so they have my bio there for me entering residency. And <laughs> one of the, the, this white attending was like, hey, Andre, uh, I was just, for some whatever reason, like on, on my Facebook, you popped up in a video. And I didn't realize that you did like med school advising. You did study stuff. And so I started like going down this web and watching some of your videos and all kinds of things. And I'm like reading your bio. And then I read like your bio on our program, our CV. And he's like, I just, this is, maybe it's been like a weird question. I don't want to be insensitive. I feel like we know each other well enough. I can say, I'm like, yeah, let's, let's talk about it. And he goes, you know, but he's like, you should not have succeeded. But if we look at like where you've come from and, and kind of your route, you should not have succeeded. And he's a big stats guy. He's a researcher. He's an MD, PhD. And he's like, you should not have become a doctor. Like, you beat the odds. And he goes, when I, I've been watching these discussions and they talk about systemic racism and they talk about obstacles that students of color face and they talk about the, the, the different paths in medicine to success. What made you go from someone who should not have succeeded who became successful? And my first answer was my parents, my parents, my parents believed in me, educated me, empowered me to be great, to push through any adversity. I said, my parents are the separator. And they said, okay, well, what separates your parents from other parents? And I said, I don't know. My parents, I praised them because they went above and beyond to make sure I was empowered. And so I asked my students, right? I, I, I shared this with them and I asked them, I said, listen, Tell me about your experiences. And what's amazing is a lot of people emailed me. And I had a student who called me. We talked for a while last night. And this is one of my students now who I'm like very excited for. Uh, is just finished up his step one exam. So he's a black American male in medicine. Just finished up step one. And got his score back a couple weeks ago. And did phenomenally. And he'll get whatever residency he wants. And we were having this dialogue and this conversation about his journey to medicine. And he mentioned that, you know what? I didn't know my dad growing up, but I was fortunate enough to have a godfather. And my godfather took on that role as father figure for me. And early on, he told me, he said, when anyone, anytime anyone discriminates against you, makes you feel bad, tries to cut you down, you use that to uplift yourself and you use that to push forward. And he was telling me how, yeah, listen, you know, cause I've known him from years now. He's like, yeah, when I first found you, one of the things I was attracted to about what you talked about was you were preaching that same thing of saying, no, don't let things slide, hold on to those things and use that as fuel to push you forward, to be better, to get through. And he's like, I just grabbed onto that. And then you taught me to do things. And now he's getting to step one. And so he's like, man, he's like, it's amazing how the world works and people have to understand how important having the right people in your lives are because my godfather died a couple years before I started working with you. 
And he goes, you filled that role for me of that person who I knew at all times, even when I didn't talk to you. I knew and I could hear the voice of what you would say if I started complaining, if I started slacking off, if I started procrastinating. I had He's like, I had enough conversations with you where you yelled at me to have that voice embedded in my mind that I couldn't let myself quit. I couldn't stop. And he goes, it's so funny because we got our step one scores back and I was one of the top scorers at my school. And so now people are asking me, oh, how did you do this? And they wanted me to help with all these things. And like, oh my gosh, you're just so smart. Like, teach us your ways. And he goes, it's not about smarts. It's about the fact that I put in the work consistently every single day and I refused to quit. Was it an easy process getting through step one, but I did what was required and I got there. And for you guys, right? That's, that's it guys. That's it. Is the people who become doctors are the people who refuse to quit, who have an unrelenting, right? It can never be quenched. You can never be like thwarted your thirst, your desire to become that doctor can never be put out. You will push through the adversity. And I talk about how easy stuff is all the time, right? But I hope I don't make it seem that way. And that you understand what my student was saying. What I'm saying to you now is that this journey is not easy. It's harder for students of color, but it's doable. And it's all about not quitting. And right now with MCAT, there's a lot of people who are pushed up against their MCAT test deadline. How many of you guys are up against it, right? Your MCAT is scheduled in the next four weeks. And you're like, man, I'm nowhere near what I want to get. And the tendency of people is to quit and say, no, I just, I can't beat the MCAT. I'm just going to do what I can do. Like, you've got to recognize you are capable of getting a top MCAT score. It may not be in four weeks. Maybe you need to reschedule your exam. Maybe. Maybe you need to put that work in for a little bit longer and see where you can get. But it's not a time to give up. And in my past, I always joke with my students, and I guess it's not funny to joke about someone's failure, but it's a, it's a perfect example of someone who's highly intelligent, who gets totally thwarted by their own mind and their own inability to focus in and stay on path. And <laughs> this was a woman who was older than myself. So when I came into college, I was a freshman. She was a senior. And at that time, she was preparing for the MCAT. And <laughs> she was preparing for the MCAT. We met in the summer. And she said, oh, yeah, I'm going to do the MCAT. And then like summer came and passed. She said, oh, well, you know what? My MCAT score wasn't where I wanted it. So I went to a master's program. And then fast forward all these years later, it's been decades and decades. And this woman still has not taken the MCAT. And she reached out to me a couple months ago to ask me to help her with MCAT prep. And it was just amazing because I had a heart to heart with this woman years ago, decades ago. And I said, listen, I've already taken the MCAT. I'm already into medical school. What are you doing? You're letting this test beat you. You're essentially giving up. You're opting out of taking the MCAT because you're too scared. You guys don't let that be you. Get the confidence together and get it done. And does everybody understand what we're saying here today? My dad's message was simple, was understanding that, listen, yes, I'm where I am. Yes, your grandfather was where he was. Yes, yes, yes. You have an opportunity. You have a responsibility, an obligation 
to maximize your potential. You have a, an obligation not to fail, right? That's the obligation. And some of my students, like I said, that was one student I talked on the phone, but there's, I, I asked my students to email me and some of them emailed me. And so I want to share with you guys, if you guys are cool with it, if you guys are, if you guys are getting what I'm saying right now, either like the video or comment, let me know you guys are, are on the right path today and you guys understand the message that I'm delivering to you guys today. And if you want to hear what some of my students have had to say and what their experiences are in going through this process and trying to reach their goals and trying to become doctors and doctors of color. Okay. So this student says, hello, Dr. Pineset. My name is blank. I haven't been very active in your emails recently, but this email, because I sent an email yesterday, touched me uh, in a way that made me feel like I never touched before. Before I start with my inspiration, I want to tell you happy Father's Day. Thank you. Uh, my inspirations that led uh, to me were not only my father, but both my parents. My dad grew up on a farm in South Georgia, graduated high school, but didn't go to college. He is one of the hardest working men I know, and I have not once heard him complain about a job that he's had. My mother was a city girl raised in South Georgia. She graduated high school and began to work until the company moved out of the United States. After losing her job at that establishment, she didn't let that hold her back. She went back to school around the age of 40 to become a nurse. Similar to my father, my mother is one of the hardest working women I know. Growing up, my parents always told my sister and I that we could do be anything we wanted to be. I felt that they wanted us to become doctors or something medical related because they would always buy us scrubs, tiny stethoscopes, and Crocs. I guess I do this for my kids. Am I setting them up to go down the pathway? <laughs> um, as we got older, they let us decide for ourselves. They let us know that we could do anything we wanted as long as we loved it and they would be supportive. Their loving and nurturing manner made me want to be that for others. Be there in times of need to fix any issues they have. They raised, the way they raised me prepared me to be a doctor, to see it through. I am so thankful for the parents I was blessed to be given. And I think that's really, really powerful because for so many of us, right? Like we have these holidays where you celebrate your parents and, and, and for some people it's like, okay, it's just another day. But for some of us, we recognize, we recognize, and this is actually true for almost every person. But we maybe don't see it at the time, right? Like my dad used to tell me this when I was little, right? It comes comes all around. My, my dad when I was little was like, one day, son, you're going to appreciate what I'm telling you. One day, son, I see you rolling your eyes. But one day, you're going to recognize what I told you right now. And you're going to appreciate it. Not today, but one day. And then you grow up and you recognize, oh, that's what they were talking about. Oh, they were in my, in my best interest. It was about me. And I just love to see emails like this because... And now as a parent myself, right? I have two young kids. You do so much. You like they become your lives, your focus, everything, and you don't necessarily feel like they grasp all the time what you're what what what's going on and and how much you you care about them and and why you say the things you say. And so I think it's important that we express this for our parents to hear, but also for some of you guys who are out here who feel like you don't have a lot of resources. And my parents didn't have a lot of resources, didn't have a lot of education, didn't have a lot, didn't have a lot of money. But what they did have was belief. And my parents' power and this student's power was their belief, right? Them telling you, listen, you can be it. You can be anything you want to be. Love it. Learn it. Go get it. It's powerful. 
It's very, very powerful, guys. And if we want to increase diversity in medicine, if we want to increase diversity in higher education, if we want more bubble walls, if we want more people, black people on the golf course, one more black people figure skating, one more black people, right, NASCARing it up, it's going to require parents and people like yourselves, peers, who tell them, you're badass, you're amazing, I'm with you. I rock with you. You got this. I believe in you. Hey, 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 don't doubt yourself. I believe in you. I confirm, right? I co-sign. You're going to be incredible. That's what we need is uplifting, guys, right? Here's another student. Hi, Dr. Pinesett. This is blank. Um, I really appreciate your story today. Through my ups and downs of pursuing my Bachelor of Science degree in biology, uh, but the emphasis in biochemistry has led me to a better opportunity for my family. I am the first in my family to attain a master's degree in public health and will be the first to pursue a doctorate. I was trying to get uh, the medical doctor and I have been working diligently on the MCAT to further prepare me to finish uh, this last year. I had always wanted to pursue an advanced degree, especially a doctor of medicine, even if it was primary care. I have been blessed to finish the last portions of, of my degree and be hooded uh, in the ceremony online. I've waited a long time, but I wanted to have uh, private practice back in my college area of San Diego. I have visited some top schools. My father, who I look up to, worked very hard for my family, but I lost him back in 2012. So this is my opportunity to prove to myself I am able to pursue my dreams before I die and to make him proud, even though he's no longer with us. I'm proud to say that I have finished my degree and I will continue to work hard to get it. My mom worked so hard and was almost like a single mother raising us on her own. I want to purchase a house for her and ambitious to, to make connections to get in to school. Thank you for your help and advice. I'm working on the MCAT. Through much prayer and support from my family, I was able to push harder than I ever had before and get the MCAT score I wanted. Thank you so much for your testimony. Um, it provides help for hope for so many people who desire to pursue a better lifestyle. So I have to edit out some stuff about the names of specific schools. But do you guys hear her message? Right? She understands what her parents have gone through, the work they've put in. That that work that they've put in, it's laying the foundation, guys. It's paving the pathway for you. It's the inspiration you need. It's the aspiration you need. It's the motivation you need. To get there and if you're lacking it guys tap into that remember what it was right don't let people cut you down use it as the fuel <laughs> students of color been messaging me one student messaged me hey dr pine said i just saw the story about the fifth now there are six fifth black man found hung in the united states in the last month six guys and I'm just finding it really hard to keep going forward and to keep progressing. Just really, and I email back, I'm like, are you crazy? Don't let things shut you down. Use this as fire. Use this as fire. When I see people getting lynched, when I see a noose in the garage, it makes me run harder. It makes me want to help more students, right? It makes me go to that next level because I know that this world needs me more than ever to come out and be the shield right, to block the hate.
to be the knife to cut through and create opportunities for students, particularly, right, students of color. So for all of you guys, when you see injustice, A, stand up to it, but B, better yourself. Recognize the way you beat it is through education, effective action, and success. Success truly speaks for itself and transcends everything. That's where we have to get, right? That's where we have to focus. I hope this message makes sense to all of you. And I hope, right, if this is you guys' first time joining us, we are live action right now. Just talking, just being, just trying to be inspired, just trying to be better. And if you've hung out with me today and you're watching this on YouTube live action right now, hello guys, like this video. If you're catching this on the replay, like the video. If you're on the podcast, right? If you're on the podcast and you're checking this out, make sure, take a second, subscribe, leave a test, leave a testimonial, leave a review, let people know this is something they should be listening to if they want to get better, if they want to think differently about their lives. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me. A couple quick announcements. We'll be live again later this week, Wednesday. Be ready for that. Also, this Thursday, I'll be hosting a free, count it, free med school application webinar. You can register below in the box this Thursday, 5 p.m., a free med school application webinar. I'll be breaking down my system of application. I'll be breaking down my personal statement so you can see it live in action for you guys to get over that last little hump to get that application submitted, okay? So thank you guys so much for joining me. I appreciate you guys. Share some positivity. Be, right, for people who don't have the parents, who don't have the support, be that support structure for people, right? Be there for them. Be positive. Uplift. Lead with your heart. I thank you guys so much. I'm Dr. Andre Pinesett. I'm the study doc. My website, if you guys want to come and get in a course, get in a program, and really level up is studenttransformation.com, right? And we're always here on the YouTube channel, on the podcast, on social media. So please come back. I thank you guys so much. I will see you guys next time. Don't stop. Keep going forward. As always, we end. No excuses. Just dominate, guys. Racism is an excuse. Discrimination is an excuse. We dominate anyway. We dominate more in the face of that racism and discrimination. We dominate. We go right through it. Thank you, guys. See you guys next time. Today is the day, guys. No more excuses. No more complaining. You're going to take your future in your own hands. You're going to dominate. You're going to be successful. Get to my website, studenttransformation.com. I challenge you. What are you going to do today to make your life better?